As I was praying this morning about, well, Lord, what should we share tonight? You guys are word people. I know that. But you also, you come on Wednesday nights expecting. If you're here on Wednesday night, you came. Hungry. Hungry. That's right. And ready to receive something. And we just came off of the Easter season, of course, Easter service. And we had such a tremendous Easter time here. We had people that received Jesus. Yay. And we've heard reports from various churches and that a lot of salvations, a lot of wonderful things transpired in the world, in the body of Christ on Easter Sunday. And we're so thankful for that. A lot of seeds were planted, but I want to encourage you, keep planting those seeds. It's not each one reach one for Easter. It's each one reach one every day, you know. <laughs> keep planting those seeds. Keep inviting people to church and keep watering the seeds that were sown. How are we going to water the seeds that were sown? Well, I'm glad you asked because we're going to talk about that tonight. When I woke up this morning, I was just praying in the spirit. That phrase just came to me. That's how the Holy Ghost deals with me many times on a message. Gives me a title, gives me a phrase. And the title of tonight's message is, drumroll, watering the seeds. Keep watering the seeds. And I, I love how the Bible is so full of farmer illustrations. In the word of God, uh, even Jesus, he used so many parables comparing the kingdom of God to a farmer planting seed. How many of you know I grew up on a farm? I tell pastor all the time, you know, I'm kind of sorry you had to grow up in Minnesota and in the city because God really loves farmers and he really loves Okies. There's so many preachers that come out of Oklahoma. And we were discussing that one time and I'm naming off all the men and women of God, you know, that we would be familiar with that either live in or lived in Oklahoma. And then I'm like, who came out of Minnesota? And he's like, uh... <laughs> No, I did. Inside, inside joke. He did. Pastor Mark. Yay. There we go. But anyhow, I love farmer illustrations. And I love the parables that Jesus taught from. And so I want to start off tonight looking at Mark chapter 4. We're going to look at verse 26 through 29 out of the message translation. And in the heading of my New King James Bible, it says of this parable, the parable of the growing seed. And that just spoke to me. The parable of the growing seed. So here in verse 26 of Mark 4 out of the message, it says, Then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like seed thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed sprouts and grows. He has no idea how it happens. The earth does it all without his help. First, a green stem of grass, then a bud, then the ripened grain. When the grain is fully formed, he reaps harvest time. Anybody else in here like harvest time? We like it. 
When we reap harvest off of those seeds that we've sown. Anybody like financial harvest time? Off of your tithes and your offerings. Well, we all do. But he's illustrating here that wouldn't it be crazy for a farmer to plant perhaps wheat and then expect a harvest the next day? It doesn't happen. The farmer has to do his part. He's got to till the ground. He's got to plant, get the soil ready. He's got to plant the seed. He's got to water it. But he's not walking around the field crying, wringing his hands and begging and saying, Oh, harvest, grow. Please, wheat, come up. Please, please. No, he's confident in this fact that if he does his part, He plants the seed in good soil. Then there's going to be a harvest. And why is that? God is the one who instituted the law of seed time and harvest. He's the one that said give and it will be given unto you. He's the one that said every seed produces after its kind. So without God, we know that nothing will grow or germinate, even in the natural. He's the one that causes the earth to do its work, the dirt to do its dirty thing, you know, cause the seed to come up. But without him, nothing would germinate or grow or produce. It's God who gives the increase. That's his part. I like this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. I want to look at the New Living Translation. It said, this is the Apostle Paul speaking. He said, I planted the seed in your heart. Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. And then verse 7, it's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God makes the seed grow. I think that's beautiful. That's a wonderful illustration. Every one of us have our part. And even when it comes to someone coming in to the kingdom of God, you may be one that plants a seed. Perhaps you gave an invitation to someone and they haven't come yet. To church, but don't take your faith off the line. You were the planter, and I believe God's going to send a waterer across those paths. Every person that received an invitation, a waterer is going to come across their path, and then God is going to get the increase. God's going to cause their hearts to be soft and pliable and receptive. Amen. That's the process. Right now, we are in springtime. Hallelujah. Finally, springtime weather. And in springtime is also planting time. It's a time to plant flowers. It's a time to plant a garden and vegetables. And I I wanted to talk about this just for a little bit, about the process of growing a crop. Or growing a garden. When we were on the farm, you know, there's five kids of us. Somebody might not know, but I come from a family of five. And then our parents, so there were seven of us. And we were all big eaters. Still, 
big eaters. And so we had a big garden. And uh, all of us kids had to help plant the garden. And when you do a garden, you realize there's some produce that are going to spring up quickly. The length of the growing time depends on the seed, the soil, the weather, the amount of water that they need and receive. One of the things that both of my parents loved was radishes. And I do not like radishes radishes. But I remember planting radishes. Has anybody ever planted a radish? They are a teeny, teeny, tiny little seed. And you just have to do a very shallow uh, row. I mean, and then just sprinkle those little seeds in there. Well, I'd get so tired of planting radishes because I didn't like them. And so, you know, if it's a windy day and I had a whole handful of little radish seeds, you could just hold them up and the wind would just blow them away or if there was no wind done mom radish seeds gone no more seeds and you know those things are crazy those radishes because you could even you didn't have to put them in a row you could throw them or let the wind blow them anywhere in the garden and they just grow very shallow little plant and I can remember you know, they, they will come up and they will be ready in three to five weeks at the longest. Most of the time, two or three weeks, you see a, a little radish there. And when they started springing up, my mom would say, why are there radishes by the tomato plant? I don't know. I guess the birds. No, it was me <laughs> blowing the radish seeds. They would just come up wherever. But on the other hand, If you want yummy things like potatoes. I like potatoes. Anybody in here like potato chips? Well, they come from potatoes in the ground originally. But potatoes were not like radishes. Radishes two or three weeks. You got it icky, hot, whatever radish. If you like them, God bless you. I just don't. But anyway, a potato was different. A potato takes three to four months, depending on the type of potato. And a potato is harder than a radish to plant. You can't just throw a potato on the ground. No, it's not going to come up. You got to get this row and you got to take a hoe and it's got to be about eight, at least eight inches deep. And yes, I forgot, so I googled this today. About eight inches deep, three feet apart, and then you take a seeding potato. It's different than a potato you buy in a grocery store. A seeding potato has an eye on it, and you got to put it in the ground. The eye has to be facing up. You cover it with dirt, and then after three to four months... This plant is going to emerge and there's going to be flowers on it. And when you see flowers on it, harvest time has come and you pull it up out of the ground. All that whole time, that little potato, don't y'all love this lesson? That little potato was growing underground. You couldn't see it, but you knew it 
was growing potatoes. It was doing its work, working underground. But then all of a sudden, you had evidence. There's potatoes down there when it blooms. You pull that plant up. Has anybody ever done this? You pull that plant up out of the ground. And man, if you've got a good potato plant, you could have five or six or more potatoes on one plant. But the point is this. They took longer to grow than a simple little radish. But they taste better. And it's worth the wait. And they were growing underground where you couldn't see them. But I want to submit to you tonight that those seeds that many of you have been planting for years, whether it's prayer seeds, whether it's financial seeds, they're down there. They might be under the ground. You can't see any evidence yet that there's a harvest coming. But God is working. He watches over his word to perform it in our behalf. And it brings to mind this illustration that I have shared before about the Chinese bamboo tree. A Chinese bamboo tree. You plant this seed in the ground. And the first year, you've got to mark it because you have to water it. So you mark where you plant it and you water it consistently the first year. Nothing. Not even a sprout. Nothing. You keep watering it. The second year, nada. Not even a little green twig. The third year, water, 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 nothing. The fourth year, nothing. You don't see anything above ground. But guess what? During that fifth year, at some point, this bamboo tree starts to sprout up out of the ground. And it grows. I look wrote it down it grows 90 feet not inches 90 feet in six weeks time and so when you think nothing nothing is happening with this bamboo tree something 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 was happening underneath the ground In a hidden dark place, something was taking place. What was happening? The root system was spreading out far and wide because that root system knew the point was going to come when that tree was going to shoot up 90 feet in six weeks so the roots underneath the ground had to do their job they had to make sure that when it shot up and the harvest came it was going to be real stable and the winds were not going to be able to blow it over some of you I want to tell you right now you're at four years and twelve months you might be at four years and eleven months but your your palm tree your Chinese bamboo tree it's about to shoot up hallelujah Woo! I believe it we're living in the day of the suddenlies it is harvest time and whether you've been seeing anything or not has nothing to do with the fact your seed 
is working. God's working on that seed. Don't take your faith off the line. Don't start speaking words of, eh, it's not ever going to grow. Nothing's ever going to happen. Listen, God doesn't live in the, in our timetable. He doesn't settle up every week, but He does watch over His Word to perform it. I think we ought to derive some encouragement from that. Hallelujah. Go ahead and rejoice. Go ahead and rejoice. Your harvest is coming. Glory be to God. One definition of joy is this. The inner passion excited by the expectation of good. What are you expecting? Good, that's right. What are you expecting? Harvest! Glory to God. I'm not expecting gloom, despair, and agony. No, I'm not expecting trouble. Of course it's going to show up. But He has made us more than conquerors. He always calls us to triumph in every situation. (laughs) And just because trouble shows up doesn't mean it's going to get your seed. Don't take your faith off. Harvest is coming. Amen? It's important what we say over the seeds we have planted. And I'm not just talking about finances. Of course it applies to finances. But what about the prayers that you have prayed? What about the things you are believing for, for you and your family? Those are seeds. Don't don't curse your seed. Bless your seed. Don't say things like, ah, it's taken way too long. Or things like, well, I didn't really expect anything to happen. I wish I had that money back. I'll never get a return on it. I shouldn't have spent so much praying, so much time praying for them. They're not acting any better. They're acting worse. They're never going to receive Jesus. No, that's cursing our seed. Speak the word over your seed. In Isaiah chapter 55 verse 11, again out of the NLT... It is the same with my word. I know this is God talking, but we can take it. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to. And it will prosper everywhere I send it. Yes. You might say, but that's God speaking. He's, of course, when He speaks, power is released. But did you know this same word, the spoken word, the rhema, the spoken word of God going out of our mouth produces the same results that it did going out of His mouth. Hallelujah. Speak the word. It never returns void. It never fails to produce 
results. Amen. 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 And then over that seed, one of the other things, and we preached a whole message on this, don't forget the thanks. So when your seed is down there in the ground and it's been in there for a while, don't forget to raise your hands and say, Thank you, Lord. Woo! My crop is on the way. Woo! Go ahead and just dance around your seed a little bit. Woo! Yeah, yeah, that seed's down there, but that seed, oh, yeah. Oh, what is that? Yeah, I see that little blade. Woo! It's coming up. Be thankful. Rejoice that the Word is working. Amen? And this is, and this is what I want to spend the rest of the time on. How do we water our prayer seeds? What do we water our prayer seeds with? Well, I'm glad that you ask. We water them with living water. Just like you have to water a plant. You have to water a vegetable or a fruit for it to produce. Someone on a Good Friday's Trader Joe's, I believe it was, they, they gave us a bunch of little cactuses. And I was out in the foyer and I said, well, maybe I can cause this to live. And someone looked at me and I can cause this cactus not to die. Someone looked at me like, you always talk about being a farmer's daughter. Don't you know how to take care of a plant? Um, I do not. I've killed a lot of plants. But you can either overwater or most of the time forget an underwater. So we know that we gotta water plants for them to grow. Well, for our seeds, spiritual seeds, to come up, we have to water them with living water. The Bible gives us such a beautiful description of this living water. It's found over in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1. I want to read it out of the New King James. And he showed me a pure river of water of life. Crystal, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This pure river of life. John saw this river and he called it life. The reason he called it life is because that's what it is. It was pure life, and he saw it. It's the same river that we get our eternal life from. It's clear. It's sparkling like crystal. It's a pure river. I looked up the definition of pure. Free from impurities or contamination. Not diluted. And I love that. This river of living water proceeding from the throne of God doesn't have any impurities in it. It's not contaminated in any way, fashion, or form. And it's not diluted. It's 100% pure life. Maybe some of you ladies or even guys, maybe guys have bought cologne. Women have bought what they thought was perfume. But if you look on the bottle and it says OD toilet water or whatever, I guarantee you it's not 100%. There might be a percent of the perfume in there. It's diluted. It's watered down. But this river of life is 100% God. 
100% cure. And it wasn't a a figment of, of John's imagination or a symbol. It's really there. And it's flowing freely today. And soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. And we're going to be able to literally jump in that literal river of life. But while we are here on this earth, it's that same river that's in us. It flowed into us when we received Jesus. And it became a well of salvation. A well of living water is on the inside of every born again believer. And then Jesus, he prophesied of the time that this river of life would flow out of us. It flowed in when we made him our Lord and Savior. But it's not meant to just be kept on the inside of us. Jesus said in John 7, uh, 38, out of the Amplified, He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the Scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow, I like this, continuously, springs and rivers of living water. Hallelujah! What causes this living water to flow out of us? Well, I don't want anybody to argue with me, but this is my theory. (laughs) This is what I see in the Word that is getting filled with the Holy Ghost. Getting filled with the Holy Ghost and power causes that well of salvation to become a mighty forceful river flowing out of us. Holy Ghost and fire. Over in the uh, book of Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 64, I'll just quote this to you. It says, as fire burns brushwood and fire causes the water to boil. So that's what I see. When you receive the Holy Spirit, we are filled with, according to the Bible, the Holy Ghost and fire. That's what John said about Jesus over in Matthew chapter 3. He said, I'm going to, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, verse 11. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and what? Fire. Fire. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, fire should accompany that infilling. And it's that fire that causes the river to flow out of us. How many of you in here are baptized with the Holy Ghost and far, far fire? That's what happened 
on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. We don't need to read all of that. You guys know, but the Bible says on the day of, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of here, y'all help me. I got to take a drink of water. Talking about fire, I'm getting thirsty. <clears throat> Cloven tongues like as fire sat up on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. They were filled. They were consumed from the top of their head to the soles of their feet with this Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost and fire. And it changed them. It consumed them. It burned things out of them. It burned insecurity and cowardliness out of Peter. And because of this wonderful experience, Peter was the one that stood up that day and he preached. And does anybody know how many people were born again? It says 3,000. And that wasn't including probably women and children. They were born again. They believed. And they were baptized in the same day. It was the Habrosapak. The early church started out with the Holy Ghost and fire. And when that fire came on the inside of them, it caused those rivers of living water to flow out of them. And it made a difference. Jesus said there in John chapter 7 where we just read. He said out of your belly shall flow not just one river. But rivers, rivers of living water. That living water that's been ignited by the fire of the Holy Ghost. Will flow out of our innermost being. And it will water those seeds that you have planted. It will go over here and it'll water those seeds that you planted. Those prayer seeds over your family. It'll flow over here and it'll water those prayer seeds that you have planted concerning your job. It'll water those seeds that you have planted concerning your finances. Where it's a bocreta. God is a multi-dimensional God. And so our dimbreso and so do our prayers become and he will cause the Holy Spirit will cause those prayers and those rivers to flow where they are needed most and we may not know in our natural mind where they're flowing but all we are are vessels and we just say Holy Spirit here I am I'm your vessel I'm your mouthpiece. Give me utterance today that these rivers will flow where they need to go. Do you think any rivers need to be flowing over our nation? Do you think any prayer seeds need to be watered over the Bay Area? 
People speak so many bad things about the San Francisco Bay Area. But if you will study, the spiritual history here is very rich. Many men and women of God have held huge crusades. And there's been miraculous things that have happened. I believe those seeds are still here. And our prayers water those seeds. And where there's been revivals before, there's going to be revivals again. Where there's been spiritual awakenings before, there will be spiritual awakenings again. We continually let those rivers flow. Let them flow to your family, to your friends. Let the rivers flow to the lost. The seeds have been planted The word has gone out. The invitations have gone out. As we pray in the Holy Ghost, we're watering those seeds. And never forget that no heart is too hard or dry. No place is too barren. That this living water, this river of life, won't make a difference. There's a beautiful scripture over in Isaiah that I speak this sometimes over the Bay Area. Isaiah 43, 19 out of the Amplified. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive and know it? And will you not give heed to it? I will even make a way in the wilderness. And read that last part with me. And rivers in the desert. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how dry spiritually maybe your relative is or or your neighborhood or our cities may look dry. Well, he said, I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and I even know how to make rivers. In the desert. Woo! There's nobody too dry. There's no place too barren that the life of God and the river of God flowing there won't produce results. Hallelujah. Years ago, I heard this story, and it actually was from Billy Brim. She was over in Israel, and they'd been in a really, really dry, barren time. And all of a sudden, it started to rain. And it rained, and it rained, and it rained, and it rained. And there's some really arid, dry places in Israel. There's a a part that's really like a desert. But a phenomenal thing began to happen. All this rain fell in the desert. And all of a sudden, flowers started springing up all over the desert. They'd never seen anything like it. And the thing that was most interesting to people studying this was the flowers, many of them that began to spring up in the desert, were not native to that part of the world. And the only thing they could think of was that as birds, for years, birds had been flying over the desert. They were dropping seeds down there in the desert. And somehow or another, those seeds had not died. 
And all they needed was water. And when the rains began to fall, the desert began to bloom. And I submit to you tonight, some of you may feel like you've been in a dry, barren place in a desert season, but all it takes for a desert to bloom is water. Living water. Living water. Hallelujah. Some of you are about to see some beautiful flowers. You're about to see some things. Some fruit. Hallelujah. Some harvest. Glory to God. Glory to God. You know what? That's enough for tonight. Everybody stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of you have even forgotten about seeds that you've sown. Maybe some significant financial seeds that you have sown. And significant is what's significant to you. Maybe some andrabakasoto. Oh, some other seeds that you have sown to help someone else's vision and dream come to pass. And you forgot all about it. You're like, well, that was just the right thing to do. And I was happy to sow that seed. Some of you can do Some of you have even sown into other people, perhaps getting a car or a home. And you just forgot about that seed. But God has not forgotten. Hallelujah. And what the Holy Spirit is saying tonight is water that seed how do you water that seed ask the Holy Ghost to give you utterance to pray effectively over those seeds <laughs> so we're going to just spend a few moments praying in the Holy Ghost watering your seeds in your individual lives watering seeds that this church has sown, we have sown for years into other ministries. So I want to encourage all of you just to begin to pray. And if a seed comes to mind, you go ahead and let the Holy Ghost give you that utterance. And as we are up here praying, if there is anyone in here that has not yet been filled with the Holy Ghost, with evidence of speaking in other tongues, we invite you to come to the front. Oh, my Satara. You might say, well, can I go to heaven? Of course you're going to go to heaven without being filled with the Holy Ghost. Can I pray without being filled with the Holy Ghost? Of course you can pray. And of course you can experience the goodness of God. But how many of you would say, I want all he has for me. I want all he has. And the Holy Ghost is part of what he has for us. So let's go ahead and just pray in the spirit. The altar is open if anyone wants to come and be filled. And the other otherwise let's Let's water those seeds. Lord, we water those seeds. I know you gave me that phrase this morning. 
And so we water the seeds. We water the seeds of this church. We water the seeds of our individual lives. Can you just pray in the Holy Ghost? Can you just pray? And if you don't, Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 And the Begoshabukutarata. We water the seeds. We water the seeds that have been planted here in the Bay Area. The word that has been preached. The prayers that have been prayed. We water those seeds. We thank you, Lord. The Bay Area is going to be like that desert in Israel. We are expecting the Bay Area to bloom. Hallelujah. We are expecting a mighty harvest. (laughs) We will continue to water the seeds. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for revival. Thank you, Lord, for a spiritual awakening in the Bay Area. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo! Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, obviously, this is the kind of prayer that we need to do on a continual basis. And I just encourage you, again, to ask the Holy Spirit to give you utterance and to bring to your remembrance some seeds that you haven't been using your faith over. Get back in faith. Get back in expectation. Amen. Woo! Harvest time is here.